Welcome to Entertainingly Educational. I'm your host, Paul, and this is the introduction. <laughs> Look at here, y'all. New podcast. Want to introduce myself. Got episodes coming out uh, here right the second week in January. And want to give you an insight on to what I'm expecting this podcast to be now. That don't mean that's what it's going to be. But that's what we're going to start off with. How we evolve and how we change is up to the guests we have on and what the listeners want, the feedback that I get. This podcast comes from a few different areas. One, I wanted to do this back in 2020 when I turned into a stay-at-home dad. Snap of a finger, COVID hit. Went from working, being out networking every day to a stay-at-home dad. Like everybody else who started a podcast here in the last few years, I wanted to start one. Had some friends here locally that had a podcast and reached out to them. I didn't know anything about producing anything, nothing about podcasts. How to get the damn thing out there. I had an idea. Came back. The, the feedback I got from them was not good. I'm like, well, shit. Now ain't the time to start a podcast. So we roll on through. 2021 rolls around, and I start fishing more, mainly kayak fishing. As I start fishing, I want to learn, get up to the times, because it's been about 12 years since I really did any hardcore bass fishing. What do I do? Reach out, podcast. Start coming across these podcasts that are kayak-centric, and came across one called Jigs and Bigs, which led me to Bass and Brews. And at this time, I can't remember what month it was. It was um, early May, maybe April, May 2021. Come across Bass and Brews podcast. Alex Castangue or something like that. I can't pronounce the name. And as I start listening to these podcasts, start connecting these folks on Instagram and social media. Reach, start reaching out. Hey, you know, you you need a you need a emergency guest. Some some shitty old guest come on talk. I'm I'm available. Reach out to Alex. Alex was like, heck yeah, let's have you on. We initially had it for the week of Fourth of July that year, and it didn't work out. Had terrible internet services. Like, hey dude, let's let's push it. Let's push it next week. Best decision I could have made. Come on with Alex. This podcast for 45 minutes, maybe an hour. I come on. We're like two hours. Had a great time. This was episode nine of his podcast. Episode uh, between then and episode 12, he messages me about being a co-host. I'm like, hell yeah, let's do it. Come on as a co-host. That would have been end of July, 1st of August, 2021. Him and I have not missed an episode on that podcast since then. Since episode nine, I think. Definitely episode 12 when I was a co-host. Alex was active Coast Guard at the time. Had to go off, do a couple tours. So it was just me. Ran the podcast. Never missed a week. Wonderful. Great. I found my podcast voice. I figured out how to record and get that shit out to the people. And it's reignited the idea of starting this podcast. A lot of what comes from this podcast for me at least is 
I've done a lot of done a lot of shit in my life. <laughs> Met a ton of interesting people and in all that I'm done. I'm I'm a talker. I I you know, I ain't never met a stranger, a habitual networker, dot connector. I I love it. I love talking to people more than meeting and talking to people. I love to hear their stories. I love to hear where they're from, if they're from a foreign country, the food. I love food, how they grew up, all that stuff. I, I, I just love to to hear their background, who they are. One of the things that I really liked about how Bass and Brews was, it's not like your regular fishing podcast. It is uh, it's pretty raunchy. It's not safe for work. We talk a lot of shit. We drink. Um, not every guest that comes on drinks, and we, we respect that. But in general, it is a very laid-back, conversation-driven podcast. That's what I want this to be. That's what I wanted, that idea for a podcast that I had back in 2020. That that was it. Except that's fishing. This is going to be a wide range of talking points and people in industries all over. But they all have a really good, interesting story. They all have great, uh, they're all characters. You know what I mean? People that I've met predominantly are going to be the first guest I have on. And, and as we progress, I'll make new connections. People help me connect some dots, and we'll have people on that I haven't met before. I pull plan on pulling quite a few folks off of TikTok and Instagram because they're interesting. They're good on camera. They know how to talk. And those, those are the folks that are doing fun stuff as well. So what, the guests are going to be wide-ranging. And to get to the point, one of the some of the feedback I got when I wanted to start this podcast was, oh, it's too broad. It's too broad. You got to niche down. You got to niche down. I come from doing background in sales. I understand the niche down part. And you hear that a lot if you listen to podcasts about podcasting. You hear that a lot. Problem I have with that is, if this is the first time you ever done a damn podcast, how the fuck you know what your niche is? My thoughts in the way that I hop into stuff is just start put out, put out a product that you enjoy putting out. And as you progress, you'll find that niche. You'll find the people who want to listen. And that's what we're going to do. Now, I still like having a wide range of guests on because I, I like chaos. <laughs> um, I, I thrive in it. It's some of the undiagnosed ADHD or ADD, whatever the hell it is that you have when you're an adult. Had it as a kid, but I like I like chaos. I like tangents. This podcast ain't going to be sitting down talking to Mr. Joe Bean, who's a Air Force pilot, and we're going to sit there and talk about piloting the whole time. I mean, he has a story to tell to where he got the piloting. I want to know what's all going on in there. And who the hell knows? We might not even get to find no damn plane. It's going to be a good time. Now, I've covered a lot of this in the rambling I just did. And now what you'll come to realize is um, I'm a fairly good rambler. I'm a rambling man. Good old song there, too, by the way. But it's come down comes down to talking to interesting people with a fascinating story listening to their journey. Some of the folks that I have have lined up or am talking to at this time 
for the podcast are going to be Apache helicopter pilots, former NFL players, folks in the sales industry, business, content creation, the three B's as I call them, beer, bread, and bees, paranormal, startups, anything out there. There's where the educational part comes in. Now, we're going to be majority entertaining. It's probably going to be a lot of some some to a lot of cussing. We might drink a, a drink or two here and there. Along with getting a, a, a background of some really fascinating and interesting people, there's going to be things that you'll probably be able to pick up and learn. But I don't want this to be a class where we're sitting there trying to take notes and shit. More what I'm looking for out of this for you, the listener, is you feel like you are sitting around that campfire having a conversation with us, listening. I want you to feel like you're there. I want you to feel like you, at the end of the podcast, you know this person, you connect with them on some type of level, whatever that is. The way that I want this to work and the way that I've seen the current podcast that I co-host on is it is it is the guest podcast. I'm there to ask what I call Oprah questions. And the Oprah question is the question that gets them to think and not just say a one word, three word answer. I want them, I want them to explain. I want them to talk. This is their podcast. If this podcast was me sitting behind this mic and just talking like I am now, I mean, shit, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to have a damn listen to it. I damn sure wouldn't record it, so y'all wouldn't even have anything to listen to or not listen to. It ain't going to work like that. I'm I'm not that interesting by myself. Now, when I get to go talk with other folks, we can have a good time. This this single plat, this single person podcast platform, that shit ain't for me. I don't expect nobody to want to listen to that. So it's going to be, they're going to, it's their podcast, their episode that they're on is their podcast. They're going to drive it. I'm there to ask fun, good questions and see where they lead us. And I love diving into little side, the little tangents. You know, you think about a linear line, right? And with a lot of podcasts, you have a linear line. You have the, the beginning, the intro of the guest, you know, a, a biography, tell us who you are. And then you go into either the topic or the story or whatever it is. And, and there's points scripted. Um, most of them are going to be scripted, could be unscripted, but it's linear. It's, it's a straight line. You got a, a beginning, a bunch of stuff in the middle and an end. Look, this going to look like a damn polygraph test uh, on, on a liar taking methamphetamines. This shit going to be all, there ain't no nothing linear about it. It's going to be a crooked ass up and down line with tangents. That line might even break and damn go off on a new damn arm and never even come back and connect. I don't know. That's the kind of shit that I like, though. And I ain't going to record no podcast I don't like. But that's where we get the essence of who that person is, is that story. Not, not just this, if they've been on podcasts before, you get the same story. You get the same thing you heard again and again. We want, we want the stuff that you hadn't heard. One of the greatest statements that I get in a podcast is, huh, that's a good question. Nobody's ever asked me that before. When, when, when they tell you that, you, you have touched on something that, one, has their mind thinking. That's why they're saying that. Huh, 
It's a good question. Nobody I don't think about that. Nobody's ever asked me that before. That statement right there has their mind going. They're like, oh, shit, I wasn't expecting this. The second thing you're going to get is that's there's a light bulb that just went off, and they are about to go into something that's going to be fucking magical. That's exactly what it's going to be. Because you get that brain thinking. And people love to talk about themselves. Why have a guest on if you... <laughs> If you're gonna drive, if you're gonna talk the whole time, the guest is here to talk about themselves. That's why they're here. And some people are nervous. Sometimes it's hard for them to talk about themselves. They want to, they love to, but when they get in front of this camera, they get behind this microphone, they get a little, little, little nervous. The job as the host is to make them feel comfortable first. Get them to kind of sit back, take a breath, and you can see it if you ever watch the videos. And you can sense somebody's a little nervous, but at some point they'll sit back, their eyes will open up, they'll smile, and you can see them loosen up. That's what we want. That's what we want the guests to do. That's going to be conversation driven. It's going to be, you know, I say this for Bass and Brews. Imagine us sitting around a campfire, drinking our favorite beverage, talking shit, having a good time. Conversation driven. It's, 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 that's what it's going to be. I don't script anything. I want it to be raw, unscripted, that simple. I'm country. I'm country as hell. You can't tell from my accent. And I love to talk. And I talk the ears off Billy Goat. And so, you know, Alex asked me to be co-host on Bass and Brews. I'm like, shit, put me behind the microphone and let me talk. And especially about fishing, count me in. I'm in. We about to do this. Hell yes. I didn't hesitate. He Matter of fact, he said a guest co-host here and there. I was like, dude, I will do it every week. That's how that shit got started, and that's how hopefully y'all are sitting here listening to this. And you know, in the end of twenty twenty three, I hope you're still listening. If you're not, if I'm having a good time, I'm going to record this podcast every week, put an episode out every week, regardless if anybody's listening or not. If I enjoy doing it, and I'm having great guests on, and I can continue to connect, connect the dots and meet new and interesting people. To me, that is, that, shit, that's fun as hell. I love meeting new damn people. Love it. One of the most fun things I ever do. I meet more people in damn grocery store line waiting on checkout, unless I'm at Aldi because they fast as hell there. But these regular conventional grocery stores <laughs> take all damn day. Check out. So you got to start conversating with people. You know, you just, you never know who you're going to meet. Person in line behind you might be most interesting, interesting person you met that whole week. That, if you could really keep up with all the damn mumbo jumbo I just said, that's what you can expect. Some really neat, cool people telling their story, their journey, what's brought them to where they are right now talking to us at that point in time in their life. And then with everything in between that that might not sound cool or important, but it's fascinating, and we want to dive into that. Now, for me, my background, I said it earlier, I've done a lot of cool, interesting shit in my life. So I grew up in a small town in South Carolina called Mac B, South Carolina. 
if you ever went to Myrtle Beach and you traveled down Highway 151, you came through Matt Ben, there's a damn good chance that you, your mama, your uncle, somebody in your family got pulled over going to the beach. And probably, and I met a few that got pulled over coming back home too. Little speed traps, towns one square mile, about 700 people in it. And only about 200, 300 actually live in the square mile town limits. It's just a it's small podunk town, South Carolina, Chesterfield County, down at the tip, just not near anything. Um, we had a little red and white grocery store growing up. That closed down, I want to say, late 80s, maybe early 90s. So for us to get to the grocery store, we had to travel 30 minutes to Hartsville to get to the Bilo. Peaches, farmland, A.O. Smith water heaters. That's what that's in Macby. Um, y'all look. My high school in high school, we got a damn subway. I bet that that subway was booming. The only damn fast food we had. Now we had some other mom and pops there with good southern country cooking food, but that, that was pretty much the only name restaurant we had. But I grew up there, grew up working on peach farms in town. Uh, grew up doing a lot of stuff for people. We got a wildlife refuge there. Grew up working as a uh, on the wildlife refuge in the summer, and that's that's kind of that's one of the things a story we'll get to here in a few minutes that start that started putting me in front of a lot more interesting people. But played so small town. Grew up in a family of teachers and coaches. Played all sports growing up. Got in high school, played football, basketball, baseball, and got decent enough at football, at punting, that ended up going to the University of North Carolina in Chapel Hill as a walk-on to be a punter. And that that really was a catalyst for me to kind of start finding myself and who I was. Because when you get there, you got a hundred and another twenty people in there, and they are from all over the country, and that is family. You eat with those people, you get undressed and dress with those people, you shower with those people, you travel with those people, you live with those people. Then your boys, I mean, you have intimate relationships with those folks from uh, an athletic standpoint. Like you, you just, that's your family, right? Closer than your damn family. I'll tell you honest. I mean, you know, you got people, there's 120, you got people you don't really like or necessarily hang out with, but for the most part, that's kind of where your friend group comes from. So I met a lot of, a lot of cool people there and we'll have, we'll have some folks on from my times of playing ball there. Um, <laughs> it was a good ass time. I played with some guys that played in the league and I was just a walk on punter. I was a backup for a couple years. So I wasn't nothing special. I did it. I did. And I enjoyed the shit out of it. You know, I was a linebacker on the scout team. You won't see many damn kickers, punters out there on the scout team playing linebacker. I was just out there to try to help make the team better any way that I could. So got done with, got done with that in 2003. Now it took me about three, two and a half more years to graduate. That's, you know, fuck school. School's stupid. I hate that shit. School's dumb. I went to play football. And that's what I did. They told me I needed 2.0 to graduate. I had a 2.05 in five and a half years. So I gained 500 of a point. I got my C. I got up. I got my diploma. I was working at Lowe's, got into their management training program. And let me tell you all something about working 
in the customer service industry. That shit sucks. I tell you what, back then, that was 20 years ago now. People back then were something else. I can't, I, I can't imagine because now with social media, you see these crazy ass motherfuckers all the time on the TikTok and the Instagram, you know, the crazy shit that goes on that you see on social media that didn't just start here. Them crazy ass people have been going on for years. This shit been going on since customer service was a thing. And it's just, it's ridiculous. We had people trying to return bags of rock that had been opened and used that wasn't even from Lowe's and will sit there and argue with you all day long that they bought that shit there. And we don't even carry that brand. You go show them every damn brand. Oh, I bought this last week. I know I bought it here. You go show them every rock in the damn store. Anyway, don't get me started on that shit. But the point I'm trying to make is this. You meet some crazy ass people, but you really do get to learn how to deal with the public because it ain't easy. You know, sometimes you got people that just, they aggressive. Other times you got people that don't want your knowledge. They, they have not a damn clue what kind of fertilizer to get for their Bermuda grass or Kentucky fescue 31 Shit like that, like most of those people coming there, they need your expertise. They need help. Grills, saws. I worked in outside, in you know, inside, outside, lawn and garden, kind of my forte. So they come there to do that. But work customer service. Y'all take care of your customer service people. I know shit, shit ain't easy. And sometimes they ain't good employees and they suck customer service. But the ones that are good, make sure you appreciate them and thank them. So got, got into that, went to management program. Was was a department manager at Night Stocking and the inside lawn and garden for a little while. I had some folks that were in law enforcement that I knew. I was like, you know what? I, w- I want to do that. And I'll back up a little bit. Back to Mac being the wildlife refuge there. National Wildlife Refuge, federal government. They did a lot of prescribed burnouts where you go in there, you set the woods on fire, and you burn off the undergrowth. And it's just it's ecosystem. The ecosystem was built on fire for the lonely pines in that area. Longleaf pines, wiregrass, the ecosystem thrived on fire. Not only that, when you do the prescribed burning, you reduce the risk of catastrophic wildfires. So they did that, and I loved it. It was great. never got to participate because I was too young, but I wanted to be a wildland firefighter, travel all over the country, fight wildfires all over the country. Well, football kind of you know put all that shit on the back burner because I played football. It was all it was about. You know, I gave them my 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 C pluses and D's that averaged out to C to graduate. Outside of that, it was there to play football. So back to Lowe's and the end of Lowe's. Has people in law enforcement. You know what? Shit. I'm I'm gonna go be the police officer. I'm gonna be a cop. Where I was living at the time in Mebane, North Carolina, we had Alamance Community College. I knew a uh, um captain at one of the local police departments. They sponsored me. I went to the police academy, night school. So I was still finishing up my degree. was going, taking two classes. I was working two, two and a half jobs, one part, uh, three part-time jobs, and going to police academy at night. I have a damn lick of money. I broke as hell all that damn money because I spent, I, boy, I spend money on shit back then now. Woo. Anyway, got done with police academy. 
and went into the Carborough Police Department. I was there for about, shit, three months, maybe four months at the most. And I wanted to start firefighting. I wasn't, the biggest thing was, I ain't ashamed to say this, I learned I wasn't, I, I wasn't, I wasn't a good police officer. Not then. I think it'd be different now. I put a lot of pressure on myself and that shit ain't work out. I wasn't being a good police officer. And my heart was wanting to go out and be a wildland firefighter. I still had connections. Best friend growing up, Jamie. He was a wildland firefighter. Still kept in touch with my my boys down at the refuge, Carolina Sand Hills Wildlife Refuge. So anyway, about four months in, I'm like, this shit ain't for me. <laughs> I went through nine months the damn night, the night school at the police academy. And three and a half, four months in, I'm like, this shit ain't for me. Now, I will say this, though. If I hadn't gone to the police academy, I probably would not have finished my degree. Probably would not have finished my degree. So there's a good thing out of that. So anyway, resigned from being a police officer. I go to my my now wife, girlfriend at the time, and I said, Sarah, I quit. And she's like, what? Wow, oh my God, you know, this is fucking surprise to everybody. I'm going, I'm, I'm going to, this would have been shit. This is, this was November, mid-November, shortly before Thanksgiving. I can't remember the fucking year, 2007 maybe. Yeah, it had to be, no, 2006. I don't know. 2006, I think it was. November 2006, I go to her and say, I'm going to go, I'm going to be a wildland firefighter. The only thing Sarah knew anything about wildland firefighting was what she saw on the fucking news with, you know, flames burning shit down and all this and that. And she's looking at it and she's all like, what the fuck does that mean? And what, where are you, where are we going to live? Where are you moving? All, you know, all these things start popping up. And I said, well, I don't know yet. First thing I got to do is go get my basic training. So I call my buddy Jamie up. He's down in Naples, Florida. They're having what well, uh, FFT1 is what it's called, FFT2. I can't fucking remember one of those things. Whatever the basic training was, I need to, to be able to go out and prescribe fire and got on hand crews. They're having that down where he worked at Florida Panther Wildlife Refuge in Naples, Florida. So I pack all my shit up one day in December and I drive from Mebane, North Carolina straight to Naples, Florida. One failed swoop. Time I was chewing Copenhagen and I drink Mountain Dews like any good, um, you know, Southern, Southern boy would. And I drove my ass down there and I took my, spent a week down there got to hang out with my buddy that I, you know, really hadn't hang out with in a while. Got to meet some new people. Got my training, wildland firefighting. That had been 2006. It was first year wildland firefighting was 2007. So I get my training I call up the guy at the Carolina Sand Hills Wildlife Refuge, and I was like, hey, I've got FF, my FFT2. It's T1 or T2. I can't remember what the hell it was. One of those, just, just know I got my training to be to go burn. So they would they hired seasonals January to usually about April, and they prescribed burn, did a lot of prescribed burning there, and they did it with these seasonal employees. So we don't have a spot for you to be a seasonal, but you can come down and work what they call ADs. So I was like, all right, pack my shit up. <laughs> in January, I hauled my ass down there, to Mac, back down to my hometown, Mac B, South Carolina, into the bunkhouse to start doing the training. Now, look, I ain't getting paid a lot of money, and I'm broke as hell and this and that. And I'm, I'm going to go fast through the rest of this story because 
fuck, we'd be here for four days for me to go through all the dumb shittery we did as Lyland firefighters. But anyway, that first year, 2007, I get down there and that's where I start my, my wildland fire journey. And that now that was you talking about meeting people. If you ever get a chance, if you're, if you ever get a chance to go be a wildland firefighter on a hand crew or an engine, or it doesn't matter what it is, go, go do it for a season. You are going to run across some of the most amazing people you have ever met with some of the craziest stories and shit that the, it's just unbelievable. Not to mention you get to go fight fire. I mean, you get to go set shit on fire in the woods and get paid for it. You get to see some of the most beautiful country in America. That shit might be scorched earth and hot as fuck, but you still get to go. I mean, this is pretty, pretty awesome. So I, I did that. Now, I did that for a couple of years. I got hired on for my first permanent job in, out of Aiken, South Carolina, New Ellington, South Carolina, down at the bomb plant, the Savannah River site with the Forest Service. And that would have been 2009, I think it was. Anyway, 2009, I was there professional wildland firefighter traveling from Florida to Pacific Northwest, Oregon, Washington, to California, Oklahoma, Texas, you know, uh, every damn nook and cranny almost of the country fighting wildfires. One of the greatest times of my life. Met met some of my, my best friends to this day doing that. Also met a couple fucking assholes too that I work with at SRS. But anyway, Got to do that. And that's that's really where my love of of people's journeys because you gotta you gotta realize you went on one of these hand crews, you just got put together as a hodgepodge of people, 20, 18 to 22 people from wherever they could get them from, you know, regionally based. But then you get stuck out there and fire camp and you know, there's people from all over the country. And you are you're living with those people who are eating MREs or sleeping on the ground. You're not showering for two or three days. I mean, there's all kinds of crazy shit. So you can really get to learn these people. So I did that and enjoyed the shit out of it. I mean, fire, travel, the people. So I ended up leaving that. And this is really where I started doing a lot of shit. 20 hmm, would have been October of 2014. I left that to go work for a guy, Brett Brandon down in North Augusta. My wife worked for him on physical therapy clinics. And this is where my life just went in a good way. I ended up getting my general contractor's license. I ended up from, you know, not knowing anything besides knowing how to push a broom and swing a damn hammer. I went from being a, from nothing to being able to, to hang sheetrock and finish it. I learned how to really paint. Fuck tape. Look, if y'all tape it when you paint, you need to go watch some videos and practice because tape's the dumbest shit ever. Painting. I don't use it no more because I learned how not to. Anyway, plumbing, basic electrical stuff. You know, I could do a lot of stuff. I was GC and things. I, I took care of like 14 physical therapy clinics, facilities, maintenance. It was just me. Became a certified pool operator because we had therapy pools. I mean, all kinds of shit. There's stuff. Oh, I became a certified ergonomist. So I'm certified in doing ergonomic assessments for uh, industrial settings, <laughs> all the way work sites, all the way down to people sitting in a desk and shit. And did all kinds of stuff. It was it was probably the most enlightening. It was the Renaissance period for me in my life. 
running a damn self-serve eight bay self-serve car wash i mean i it's just it's i can't even remember all the shit now it wasn't even that long ago damn shame but that's you know adhd brain i remember half shit i want to talk about tonight laying in bed right for my eyes because i'm like fuck i didn't talk about that damn it but anyway working for brett the renaissance period of paul roberts is what that was because i realized what what i was good at a few things i was good at that led me to meeting some folks in a startup company and wearable technology they were looking for some salespeople. i'm like hmm. you know i i really like this product i i this this is i like this product now i'm confident about that shit from the ergonomics background I've been to ergonomics conference and met some people in ergonomics and safety, had some other safety connects from the shit I was doing. So I jumped into the startup world and that was, you talking about, that's where I learned how to dot connect the networking side of it. Networking is a shitty word, but dot connect. That's where I learned how to dot connect. That's where you realize the importance of having a network. I mean, sales, look, you got to have a network in most sales, especially in the startup world where you're selling something that people never heard of, didn't know existed, didn't know they needed it. The time that I spent in that company was about a year, and I made some some unbelievable professional connections that I have continued to facilitate, even though you know we're not even in the same realm anymore. So that led me in, in 20, we were moving from South Carolina. We spent 10 years in South Carolina, two kids raising a family. That was, that was my wife and I's adult life. That's what we knew. But we moved, decided to move back to North Carolina, the Raleigh area, 2019. Left, left that company and went into financial services because I love budgeting. I love saving money. I love money. It's like, I can do this. So I did that for a year and that shit really didn't go as planned. Kind of fucking sucked. COVID hit. And as I mentioned earlier, that's where I went to stay at home dad. Boom, like that. Was out trying to sell life insurance and shit on Monday and Tuesday. And then Wednesday morning I woke up and it's like no school. Kids are learning remotely. Now my wife's physical therapist. She she was still going to work the whole time. It was just me. Mentioned earlier too. I grew up in a family of teachers: mama, aunt, uncle, sister, daddy, grandparents, fucking everybody. My damn mama and aunt taught me every year in high school, seven through twelve. I there was one thing that I knew: I would never ever be, and never is a long time, and ever is a long time, is fucking teaching. Mm mm. I say this lovingly, and again, because I come from a teaching family. I ain't dumb. <laughs> we see that now. The shit they got to put up with, Lord have mercy. God, dog. I mean, they spend more time with your kids than you do. Anyway, so I'm teaching the kids. I, I, we did, it was rough. It was rough. First couple months was rough. But we all made it through. But, you know, not only did they learn the basics that they needed to learn, but they also learned how to make soap, how to make dandelion wine. We made some watermelon wine. 
Uh, I'm an artisan bread maker, so I make homemade sourdough bread, and they would help make that. I mean, we did all kinds of fun stuff now. I had no idea what the fuck I was going to do when, you know, when shit got back right. Ended up, a guy that I met, one of the financial services, was, was, had, was new to the area. He was looking at starting a business, so I call him up. Like, hey, man, I got to start looking for something to do. I said, huh, well, I might be looking for a partner. And so we, we carry this conversation on, and him and I started a business called Crusher Raleigh, and it's mobile dumpster compaction. The big old long dumpsters you see on construction sites, got a piece of machinery that goes in there and compacts the trash in those open-top dumpsters, cuts back on the hauls, saves people money. It's that basic. If you listen to this, you don't know the fuck I'm talking about. Just go look up Crusher and watch a couple of videos. The best I can tell you. And there's some on my Tic Tac and Instagram for a few months ago. So I started that. That's what I'm currently doing. And again, it's still in the sales side. Of course, I'm the sales, the admin, the the buy, buying agent, damn everything, the custodian. You know, should I do it all? It's just me right now. That's what I'm currently doing now. And with all this, I'm still meeting people every day. And it's amazing. I did. I've back when I when I first moved to this area in North Carolina, I was doing a shitload of of networking. I mean, we're talking about two events a day, five days a week, Monday through Friday. I'm in at least two events a day, and you know, it's the habitual networker part of it. There, meeting people, and I always let off with you know, what what is it that I can do for you? And that usually took people back. So one of the reasons that's one of the ways I started seeing people go, huh, nobody's nobody really asked me that. You get that all the time. And so you start to think of you'd see their wheels spinning. When I got to start doing podcasts, I'm like, hell yes. Hey, what can I do for you? How does that make you feel? What was your reaction to that? You know, shit like that. These opening questions. I didn't just come up with this shit. Some of my curiosity is inherent. But the the questioning part of it comes from a lot of a lot of books that I've read about about sales and personalities and how to interact with people and shit. Some of these I'm hoping to have some of the guests on that have written these books, and I'll probably talk about them. I'm already going long, almost 40, 40 damn minutes here, running my mouth by myself now, so I ain't gonna go into them now. But anyway, just so learn so much about asking questions and and making that person feel like they're the most important thing at that point in time in their life. And, and and that's sincerity too. I wanted them to feel like that because I wanted to know their story and who they were. So I made, made a lot of good connections with that. Where we are now is here right now. That's, that's the, <laughs> that's the me in a bottle as fast as I could possibly make it. And let me tell you, this shit was hard as fuck not to be going off on, on some crazy shit. Right now, I run my business. Well, let me let me back up. I'll do this in order. I got my wife and my kids. I run my business. I do a lot of bass fishing, uh, predominantly kayak fishing. I love to fish tournaments. Got some local clubs here. I fish tournaments. I do Bass and Brews podcast. We do that weekly. And I'm adding this in, entertainingly educational. Because I want to finally be able to reach out and and get a little bit selfishly, to be honest, reach out to some folks I don't get to talk to a lot anymore. People from my past that 
you know, I want to get caught back up with them and hear their story and use that as a, this as a platform for them to tell it and maybe connect some dots. You know, you, you never know when you're listening to somebody on this podcast that you're like, shit, he's, they've got a problem I can solve. And so, you know, you reach out to them or to me, you get connected and you help them solve that problem or the other way around. Maybe you have a problem that they can solve and you get connected to them. That That's just that you know, that happens. That's awesome. First and foremost, I want to do this because I enjoy talking to people and learning about people. And that's why I'm going to do it again. If one or no people are listening to this podcast, I'm still going to continue to do it. If I continue to have fun and meet and talk to folks. With that said, I'm going to be asking for reviews, feedback, all that good shit that you hear on these other podcasts, because I want to know, I want to know what folks want to listen to. And the best way, the quickest way to get to there is to get that feedback. But before you do any of that, let's get a few episodes in. Let's get four or five episodes in. I appreciate you subscribing, sharing it with your folks that you might think like it. And once we get a few episodes in, let's get some feedback. This is what I'm looking for. This is going to be a podcast. I'm, I'm working on the Like, we're working on a lot of shit. Let me back up a second. Working on a lot of shit. The artwork. It is what it is right now. Y'all look, if you listen to Bass and Bruise, or you want to know, y'all look is a thing that um, I'm associated with because I say that shit a lot, apparently. So the artwork, um, we're going to get some stuff going, going to get a website going. Like we've got plans, but it's time to get this out here and get it going so I can start to dial in exactly what the identity of the show is going to be. Till then, we're going to put out episodes. And we're going to work on stuff so things aren't going to be great. There's going to be a YouTube channel. I'm going to put it on YouTube so you can watch it if you want to watch it. Uh, got plans to do some lives as we move forward. But for now, we're going to record this, put it out on Apple, Spotify, some other platforms to listen, YouTube. And it's going to, it's going to be a little raw right now. It's probably going to be, who, who the hell knows, might be shitty-ass episodes to begin with. Usually they are. I don't care. There ain't nothing wrong with that, you know. Unless you until you start doing it and realize what you're shitty at, you ain't gonna be able to fix it. So that's where we're gonna go. I appreciate y'all listening now. Oh, well, I was getting to the point I was trying to make. I really don't have a tagline yet. I've got one. I'm not sure if I like it or yet, but we're gonna roll with it for now. Appreciate y'all listening. I hope y'all subscribe. Hope you look forward to the podcast coming up. If you need to reach out to me, you can find me at Jabberhammer on TikTok. Paul Hills, P-A-U-L-H-E-E-L-S on Instagram, Paul Roberts on Facebook. You can email me at y'all look a podcast at gmail.com. All this will be linked down in the show notes for this episode. Holler at me. If you have some people you want me to check out that maybe you think be good for this podcast, let me know. Entertainly, educational, where you'll meet, listen to, hear whatever the fuck you want to call it. Some of the most interesting people maybe you've never heard of. We'll see y'all on the first episode coming up here in a couple of weeks. And thank you for your time. Y'all take care now.